Hello, beloved listeners, and welcome to Snake People at the Movies, film criticism by people who actually like film. Join us as we dive into movies we love, movies we respect, and movies we wish you could unsee. It's the podcast where we talk about growing up and living queer, nerdy, and depressed online and at the cinema. From the kids who are aware that, yes, this is the single gayest thing they've ever done, it's Sneeple at the Movies. I'm Maddie. I'm Ezra. And I'm Helena. And this episode is a uh, Shane Black special, but it's only the movies that we like. <laughs> so the, the thing is, is that like Shane Black has written other movies besides the and movies directed. and directed, but the, other than the ones that we're talking about, namely the entire fucking Lethal Weapon series, which I don't think any of us have actually seen. No, I've seen I have the first not. Two. Okay, I haven't seen any of them. So Helena wins the "Have you seen the uh, Lethal Weapon movies?" contest. Um, Yay! I feel so blessed. <laughs> um, what but a win there. we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang" and the nice guys, and maybe Iron Man three. We just did a lot of Marvel, so we may not talk about. Yeah, Iron Man I kind of. Much, I'm but... like, I have more things to say about Marvel, but most of them are just me, like, kind of pointlessly bitching. So you know, if we don't talk about it explicitly, just know that Iron Man three is there with us in our hearts and in our minds, in our hearts and in our souls. <laughs> we have to. We have to. We we do have to mention Iron Man three because the great thing about Iron Man three is that it also just like randomly for no reason that is just remotely related to the plot takes place at christmas as does kiss kiss bang bang he's like i'm just gonna make it christmas time and there's no reason why it needs to if be robert denny jr's there it's gotta be christmas and that's the law also the end of the nice guys also takes place at christmas yeah, it does <laughs> i think i think shane black likes the juxtaposition of the like American fantasy of Christmas with people's lives falling the fuck apart. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my take. Some people have seen It's a Wonderful Life too many times, myself included. Oh uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's fair. So what is what is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Oh, are well, we going to talk on. about the movies that we've seen <laughs> since last time? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> um, we want to do uh, a quick little segment that's like what it, what have we seen since the last episode? We need a catchy name for that. Uh, what did you miss? Oh, uh, <laughs> that wasn't very good. That's the, fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I was just going to call it the Sneeple do occasionally actually go to a movie theater, even though it's obscenely expensive, which is not a catchy title, but it is true. I mean, to be fair, not all of these were things that I saw in a theater. Yeah, it's this is like no, yeah, same actually. And actually, I didn't spend the one movie that I did see in the theater. I didn't spend that much money on because I have the Hollywood theater membership. Oh, yeah, that's right. fair. Okay, never mind. I retract my statement. <laughs> I like the "Here's what you missed on Sneeple. Yeah, but that's no kind of cute. Yeah, sort of. I don't want to. I don't. Here's wanna, what like, you missed give... on Sneeps. <laughs> Okay, so that's it. Oh, You're I welcome. Yeah, yeah, here's what we you missed it. on. Sneeps. Um, so I've seen way more movies than I normally did. So I can go later or I could just go first. Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for I mean, it. Ezra wants to go. So I rewatched The Nice Guys in preparation for this. I did that earlier. I had an early morning meeting and then I watched The Nice Guys and then I went back to work. <laughs> um, I've seen Detective Pikachu twice. I saw it with my friend Katie and then I saw it with my dad. I saw the Keanu Reeves classic Constantine with a friend of the show, Leia, because we were like, I've never seen Constantine. And she was like, I've never seen Constantine. And we were like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) And then subsequently, 
ended up watching every single John Wick movie over the span of three days with a bunch of my friends. And then we went to like uh, with some of the other like podcast folk and went to go see it in theater. So it was like a Keanu Reeves marathon for me. Awesome. And then I also started watching Preacher, which I know is TV, but I've been meaning to watch Preacher for a very long time. So Mm. also the episodes are like hours long. So I've... I'm on episode five right now, so it's kind of like I've watched two movies. It it fe- yeah <laughs> when when you have these days with like the are they ninety minute episodes I can't remember or are they just uh they're forty five minute episodes okay that still feels like a really long time it's it's mm-hmm. paced preachers a show that's like it's it's paced in a way that makes you like it 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 gives things like time to develop so it really just feels like you've watched a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's also very, like, cinematic in, like, the long shots and the, it's very, like, heavy aesthetic. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm really enjoying it so far. Leia was like, would you recommend it? And I was like, that's a great question. I don't know. (laughs) It's, I think it's a very specific. It's such a fine line. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, like, very clearly works for me. But there's still points where I'm like, God, I wish this show wasn't doing this right now. Yeah. Uh, But, like, you know, it's like deserty americana religious overtones like supernatural bullshit violent gory dominic cooper's there like of course i was gonna fucking watch this show yeah that's i don't recommend it for anybody else though so i i appreciate the level of like list those things off maddie's like you rang through your wall yeah just i kool-aid man in like hello (laughs) um it's it's as ben would say it's maddie bait (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i've watched nice i can't remember when the last time we recorded i recorded with you guys that was longer ago because it's it's been a couple weeks so i guess i'm gonna start from like may 13th i watched the favorite twice in one week (laughs) because i showed it i showed it to my dad because my mom and i went to see it when it came out um so we watched it on amazon prime and i was like oh this is just as good as i remember and then uh, I was went to Toronto, as you may know, and I on the plane from Calgary to Toronto, they were playing The Favourite on the little like, tiny TV screens on the airplane. So I put my headphones in and sat back and listened to The Favourite, and it was great. And I went to see uh, Mad Max Fury Road in Chrome at the Hollywood. God, I'm so jealous. I'm so yeah, jealous. Oh my, my god. Shout out to a friend of the pod, Maddie, for texting me in the airport the day that I left being like, hey, so Mad Max is playing next week. Do you want to go see it? And I was like, yeah. Um, (laughs) Make it clear. (laughs) M-A-D-D-Y. D-D-Y. Maddie. Yes. Um, We share many, many interests, including the Lego games and name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just kind of call you Eminem from now on whenever I refer to both of you. It's going to be very (laughs) okay. Um... (laughs) Chase your um, bliss. Yeah, and so this was a, it, it was, that was really fun. That's like the first time I've seen that since it came out. Um, and it was a benefit uh, for Planned Parenthood as well. And oh, it was cool. theater, And it was really amazing. Um, I watched, well, I'll let Ezra talk about Peter Liu because we both watched Peter Liu. Okay. Yeah, because it's the, that's the only movie I've watched because I'm still stuck in, I need to put as much critical role directly into my brain as I can. <laughs> <laughs> And then I've also rewatched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang today in preparation for this podcast, and also Young Frankenstein a couple days ago, and also a couple days before that I rewatched Emperor's New Groove. So. <laughs> God, been, what a you know. what a star list! Oh, <laughs> so good. Anyway, 
I watched, um, I watched actually the, like, second half of Emperor's New Groove and the first half of the (laughs) sequel of Emperor's New Groove, like, with the sound off, was playing behind me on the big TV screen during one of my D&D sessions last week. (laughs) Stars aligned, Esra. Yeah, so, um... (laughs) That's weird. <laughs> this is so good. Um, I don't really, I don't, I really don't. This, the Emperor's New Groove sequel is called Kronk's New Groove. I don't it really sure understand. Does he open a restaurant? He does, but then he also like falls in love with the leader of like a rival scouting troop. Yeah. Who has is embarrassed because her head is flat or something? I oh don't God, know. She I like don't never remember that. She just like as far as I could tell, she like never this is I swear to God, I was like I was watching this like half watching it out of the corner of my eye and half like trying to concentrate on a boss fight in D D, but there's seven other people at the table, so like combat takes a long time. <laughs> And I was just trying to kind of, like, discern what was happening, which was not going very well for me. So, um, yeah, you know, that happened. <laughs> um, oh. But then Helena and I decided to watch um, noted British filmmaker Mike Lay's latest offering, which is called Peterloo. Um, it's a period piece it's about during the oh my god i'm gonna get the date wrong it's the it's the the, very early 1800s because yeah so it's about the peterloo (laughs) massacre so it's just after the it starts um after the battle of waterloo british soldiers um coming home from france and walking into the movement for universal male suffrage in Britain and as well as um, geographically proportional parliamentary representation, basically just like a reform in parliamentary representation being the least radical of the things that people are agitating for generally. Um, And it takes place in Manchester it was two and a half hours long. It was long. two and a half hours long because it's a fucking Mike Lay movie. and You know, that's mm, how he does it. On the other hand, um, I the number of Mike Lay films in which I did not fall asleep now outnumber the ones during which I have fallen asleep. So that's, that's something. Good. That's good. I thought, it, I thought <laughs> it was very good. I thought it was... Um, he has a really interesting way of approaching period pieces yeah. and especially ones about like that are like this is about a specific event and but it's it, it, he focuses a lot more on the stuff leading up to it yeah and um then and instead of like isolating that one thing as just something that happened without a bunch of cause and effect which i really appreciate and i did cry the actual sequence itself was really really oh hard to holy watch. shit and, um, i um yeah. yeah oh my god this is i would never have thought this movie would have needed like a content warning but um mm-hmm. it, yeah it's 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 
incredibly matter-of-fact about the violence, which makes it, like, even more shocking. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so easy to just be like, oh man, like, this was... And it's so clear that, like, this this should have never happened. It was a product of a very small number of people who felt their power being threatened in looking for an excuse to lash out violently through the power of, like, of, of military policing. And so it, it has a lot of resonance obviously with a lot of things that are happening in the world, you know, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's amazing that you're sitting there and you're like, wow, fuck, this is like 1807 or something. And it also kind of feels like to like pulling up my Twitter feed. You actually, you know, what's crazy is that it actually took place in 1819. 1819. So it was exactly 200 years ago. Oh, uh, so that's fun. Um, what's that fucking part of, Nothing changes, nothing ever Oh, yeah. Will. Yeah, sorry. Um, Turning. Yep. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. pivoting um, wildly. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's an, it is, it is actually, it is a very good film. It features a lot of very engaging performances. Um, Maxine Peake is in it. She's great. Rory Kinnear is in it. He's excellent. His wig is very upsetting, not because it's go it's bad, mm -hmm. because it's actually, like, too good, and you're like, but I know that he doesn't have that much hair. <laughs> my tag, when I still used my Tumblr for Rory Kinnear, was just adorably balding. I stole it Aww. from a friend, so it's weird seeing him with hair. It's It's a very... <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, it's a very it's a very <laughs> quiet but it's a quiet movie. You kind of have to just like sit back and let things develop. Mm -hmm. But if you give it the attention that it's asking for, I think it has a lot of payoff. Also the costumes are fucking great. Like that is actually what stays looked like in 1819. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, but in a different century, uh, in Los Angeles in 2005. <laughs> All I right. just realized the, hold on, the title for this episode should be You'll Never Die in This Town Again. Oh, Please yeah. Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, You'll you. Never Die in This Town Again. Um, That's the subtitle for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. The, the most perfect movie of all time, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, um, okay, so we gotta say first, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is titled this. This may be apocryphal. I don't care. It's a great story and I love it. It is a riff on, like, the Italian titles of James Bond movies. I never knew this. Yeah, they got, tra oh. like, they get translated, apparently the, like, 70s Bond movies, the titles got translated into Italian as these, like nonsensical phrases oh good and and so and i think one of them may actually have just literally translated to kiss kiss bang bang and that's where the title of this movie came from i love it i would also before we get too deep into like the movie itself yeah just like as a like the sneak will come at this we were talking about this before we started um this was a movie where like 
Helena and I watched this together. I think you must have seen it first and then showed it to me, I but you I had did. seen it like once before. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, we w- like yeah. So it, like many things, you showed me this movie, but it wasn't like you were extremely like familiar with the movie before we saw it together. I was like, this is pretty fun. Yeah. And then Ezra saw it separately and Ezra and yeah. I met and we, I was like, I think... Did you see my copy of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? And we're like, oh, yes. fuck, you know what this movie is? And I was like, yes, yeah. you know what this movie is? And we were like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reason for that, listeners, is because Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, it came out in 2005. It's a it's a pre-Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. vehicle. Not a vehicle for him, but he was in it. He's the lead and a post Robert Downey Jr. rehab movie, so and it and it didn't like make that big of a splash. It was like pretty critically well received, but it, it was a, it's very very much a cult classic. So it's not often that we come across people who are like, uh, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, or who like bring it up in conversation, except for the three of us. Yeah, so no, and like bonded the three at the of soul. us. The three of us like quote this movie at each other like a lot. I do it in my regular life. Just like, what do I know? I'm a bear. I suck the heads off. I actually said that to my coworker like two weeks ago and she looked at me like I had grown another head. I said it to my mom once. You can argue that I quote it daily because I do the nose thing. Oh, the nose thing all the time. Yeah. I do the nose thing to people during D&D a lot. There's a part near so, the end where, like, one of the characters touches his nose and then points at the... I'm doing it right now. Uh, I just... I am, character. too. It's it's the on-the-nose uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Yeah, it's the on-the-nose yeah. thing. Single um, gay thing you've ever like, done. Yeah, two minutes later, Robert Downey Jr.'s character says, by the way, this single gayest thing you've ever done. So we quote that quite just a bit. all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, this is, like, this is our movie. It's, like, this and the fall are, like... And Lord yeah. of the Rings, I guess. But, like, these yeah. are, this is our movie. This is the Sneeple movie. Yeah. Um, this is, I, I so, so welcome to our bunch. wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a, I, I, I have it described here in the, in the preparation uh, Google Doc <laughs> as a uh, sort of neo-noir pastiche and parody. It's both um, a modern uh, film noir um, that is sending up the genre, but also lovingly paying homage to it um Ezra you described it really well down here in that first paragraph oh um yeah hang on what did I actually say about this slapstick love letter to film noir and a sympathetic nod to anyone who wishes the random bullshit coincidences of their life was secretly an intricately plotted thriller with a satisfying resolution yeah I would say that's right (laughs) uh the other we're also going to talk about nice guys I think nice guys also has that that theme but instead of being kind of like a little bit more noir it's very like 70s cop movie with the noir yeah Um, it's a little bit more funky both in terms of like the music and the aesthetic and like kind of the way it attacks the noir so they're like they're very good like mirrors of each other i almost said foils and it's not really the word i want but i think kiss kiss bang bang plays the neo-noir a little bit more straight yeah yeah that's... It has like the jazzy sort of soundtrack and and everything that goes with a lot of um, neo noir films. Mm-hmm. It's very much like it feels a lot very similar to uh, L.A. Confidential, which mm-hmm. came out just nine years before this, which was itself a neo noir mm-hmm. that was playing itself very straight. Um, 
Yeah, but this plays it with a little bit more humor and like a little yes, like and love. Yeah, it's 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 definitely kind of elbowing you while it's doing it. It's like eh, yeah, eh. It's, but like yeah. it's like good instead of being like ah oh, shut the fuck up come on. Yeah, no, because it's it's yeah. like it's it's definitely an inclusive kind of poking fun because this mm-hmm. movie's like hey we both love neo noir isn't that a little bit silly? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's different because usually in a in a classic uh, film noir you usually have a protagonist who's world weary who's cynical and they they narrate the film maybe in a, in a very very classic form of the film noir um, right and they're the private and, eye also yeah and in this one the narrator is uh, a ditz Harry Lockhart um, <laughs> he's also and, and the and the private detective character is still cynical but he's also um, happens to be gay. And so it's sending up some of the like the more uh, like extremely masculine and heterosexual like performance that usually goes on in a lot of those movies. Yeah. And Harry Lockhart is is like the naive and hopeful like guest in this like cynical and hard LA town who eventually still comes out on top. The um, yeah, the the kind of the super rough idea. I don't want to talk too much about it cuz like this is one of those things where like this movie's been out for over 10 years whatever, but I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it yet cuz I want right, them to yeah. enjoy the mystery so bad. Oh but god, the that's, idea yeah. is that uh Robert Downey Jr plays a thief who ends up like stumbling into an audition and gets like flown out to LA. Um, to be in this movie, and Val Kilmer is the the gay private eye who gets hired to kind of show him the ropes about like what PI work is like, so he can more properly act out this this role he's going to be playing. Because they're convinced that Harry is like this method actor, right? Kind of like right. <laughs> because he just had a, like an actual real life breakdown in this audition. Like he just was freaking out because of he was stuff. running away from the cops. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then in comes like his childhood best friend slash sweetheart harmony love of my life love of my life harmony Harmony, faith lane the names in this movie are just (laughs) i know chef Uh, kiss what's perry's last name perry van shrike yeah Um, everyone calls him gay perry yeah (laughs) the the whole movie i I want to call attention to the name the name thing too because if you put them all together the names of the three protagonists in this movie are harry perry and harmony um or perry harry and harmony Mm -hmm. and then the names of the characters in the nice guys we looked this up are it's um, what are the it's it's um it's jackson holland and holly it's jackson holland and holly yeah holly so cute. Because yeah, definitely Holly was like supposed to be. I don't. I oh god. I don't know if this was a fanon thing or if it was in the novelization. But like you know that like they were thinking like Holly is named after her dad. Like for sure. Yeah. 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 Nice guys was it's good. <laughs> anyway, nice it's good. Yeah. The nice guys is like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, only not quite as as wonderful and also set in the seventies. Yeah. It, it's um, it, but it's good instead of being like weird sort of like three fuck up adults with their like try and solve mysteries it's like one fuck up adult one fuck up like dude who beats people up for money and then one reasonable child (laughs) solve murders (laughs) and then like the two the two adults end up being like oh god we're married now sort of and russell crowe is like this child is my daughter now which means we're married (laughs) anyway it's good it's something similar happens to Perry and Harry in this movie where 
Perry. I mean, Perry is immediately put in this position where he has to like hang around with Harry all the time. And yeah, he's getting paid like, like oh. a lot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's like, this guy is a fucking idiot. He's also useless and can't defend himself. I love I him. Guess I, ha- <laughs> I guess I have to look after him forever. Most of the, my like my notes about this movie were just me writing down all the sarcastic shit that Perry says to him in one scene. In one scene. My $2,000 ceramic vector my mother got me as a special gift. You threw it in the <laughs> lake next to the car. What happens when they drag the drag lake? Drag the lake. Anyway. Val Kilmer gives a stellar <laughs> it, performance, oh Val fully representing just... me as a homosexual. Val Kilmer is, I mean, ev- everyone in this movie is just dialed up to 11 all oh, the time. So good, and the dog and is broken right off. And yeah, the, and, and, it's, and it's so good because it's so, it is, it is very, like, slapstick, but it's really, yeah. it's like both extremely verbal and witty and extremely slapstick. Mm-hmm. This, Even Cor- uh, is it, uh, Corbin Burnson as well is a is is just like totally loving. Oh god, getting I to fucking play. forgot that he's in it, but he so <laughs> is, and he's so good. He's so oh. ouch. <laughs> the script is really solid. It's just there's no weak points. It's it's tight. Yeah, it, it it moves. This is a formative movie for me because of the script. Because mm-hmm. I I can't remember if I discovered the script first or if I found the movie first, and then I liked the dialogue so much that I looked for the script. And that was the first time that I had like read a screenplay for a movie just for fun. Um, that was like kind of uh, one of the beginnings of my interest in in film in a more like you know, involved way, I guess, was this mm-hmm. movie. Because it was just that much fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man. I love it. I just, God, we definitely just... were going to say some other shit, and now we're all just kind of, like, silently thinking uh... about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm literally just reading, like, like, Helena has just typed in all of these, and just every single fucking line in this movie is <laughs> choice as shit. Oh, I was you know what to... I just oh god no you know what I just thought of and this is something it's like <laughs> I can't quote it but when you think he's taking notes during the interview <laughs> and then yeah, you so... <laughs> it's just like this weird fucky like sketchy drawing of like a it's Halloween a cat. cat and it says GATO <laughs> in all caps as he's sort of picking <laughs> To, p- to pick up the uh, to pick up the summary from where we left off, the non-spoilery summary. Oh yeah. Harmony and Harry and Perry are all in this town. Perry takes Harry with him on a case that he has taken, and suddenly it, they all become involved in this uh, murder case um, that seems to have a lot of twists and turns in it. Yeah, and um, then Harmony. I think the idea is that they're on one case, and then Harmony brings them another case because she thinks that Harry is a PI now. Yeah, because yeah, Harry's been telling Your her case that. <laughs> and my case are the same case. Yeah, they're the same case. He tells two different people the same night. He tells one of them, um, I'm retired, I invented dice as a kid. And then he tells, <laughs> he he tells Harmony's ever. friend, Yeah. he tells her friend Flicka that he's a private oh, detective. And then, <laughs> and then Flicka tells Harmony that he's a PI. And Val Kilmer and like Perry is just like you fucking you what <laughs> you're not you're not gonna go solve murder cases and then Harry's like the same maybe I do anyway 
Yeah. I also want to say there's obviously this movie is a it's like a dark comedy, you know, that's the the point of it. But like, God, it has some very good emotional payoff. It does. Yeah. The like the, the never relationships. Yeah. RDJ has a speech kind of near the end, like middle end. The last third of the movie. I would yeah. Say. In the third act about like never finishing anything he started. And like the whole his whole thing is that he's like a, a fuck up. People call him a yeah. fuck up the whole movie, and that's his whole character, <laughs> is he's an unreliable narrator and a thief and a con man. And but he's God, like, it's just like he's like bad at all of those things. Yeah, like he's, and he's not he's good not, at anything he's yeah, ever no, done. He's not he's not the suave criminal. He's not kind of trading on any of the things that people had come to expect from Robert Downey Jr.'s career previously. He's, like, he's twitchy and either compulsively lies or is way too honest. Like, he's just, mm-hmm. he's flailing he's very around. vulnerable He's incredibly, he just looks like a fucking baby deer who, like, steals shit. Yeah. Oh, it's he's, so good. He's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And it's great to see him in this role still after watching um, Iron Man movies for, for years and years. Because not that Tony isn't just, you know, has his emotional issues, as we know. But right. he's so he's so bottled up and so tight. And they don't give him a lot of room sometimes to just be open and vulnerable. And this movie, he's just so, like... He, he, just, he just feels everything. He's the heart um, of, yeah. of this yeah. crew. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. Perry's the the brains, obviously. Perry and Harmony yeah. are like the they're smart ones, and then Harry's like, "Wow, I'm in love with the smartest people alive." Yeah, I'm bisexual share... and in love with very smart people. They share the three of them share two brain cells, and Harry never has it. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's yeah. never Harry's turn for either of the brain cells, <laughs> and he's like totally okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he got a brain cell of his own, he would give it to one of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, this is something that that is interesting because it, I feel like it happens in both the nice guys, a little more explicitly in the nice guys, but also in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is, I feel like the thing about a lot of noir is that if you're if you're like hard-boiled pi like main character has any kind of like connections with other men they will either die or turn out to be a bad guy mhm and 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 it's like he can never he can never have the woman he wants but he can also he doesn't have fr- he like doesn't get to have friends either yeah, he's a very lone yeah. wolf. He's very lone wolf, and and both of these movies do this. And and then when you get a little later, like you, there's all these movies, and I can't come up with any specific examples because my brain, like I left my brain by the side of the road seven miles back. Um, a lot of times, like movies that do that are founded on. Um, that that like have a strong uh, emotional bond between two guys, like it, there's a sense that it is presumed to be a substitute for 
a hypothetically more fulfilling relationship they could be having with a woman. Like, Mm -hmm. for instance, I know we've talked about, like, more Marvel movies than anybody's body has room for. Steve and Bucky. Like, you get the sense that, like, Steve can't have Peggy... So he's, like, channeling those feelings into, like, like trying to replace them with friendships with dudes, but they're, like, always going to be inferior. hmm Both the nice guys and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you, you, get a, you get main characters who kind of end up in... Relate like like some kind Fulfilling of part- partnerships. Yeah, they they have a they yeah. end up they end up sort of settling into a partnership with another guy who, for whatever sort of inexplicable reason, like really understands them and stuff. And that's like okay, they're not yeah. they they sort of either it was never about replacing a hypothetical relationship with a woman or they get over that. The Nice Guys doesn't have a female, or I guess a love interest. It doesn't have a love nope. interest at all. There's nope. no romance yeah. subplot in that movie whatsoever. There's Which like a brief so moment great. where Holland is like hitting on the secretary or whatever, but it's more played off as like a, what a fucking ditz this guy is, that he's not focusing on the thing in front of him like Jackson does. Yeah. And then she ends up working for like the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He does it like it's as a reflex. A, yeah. He's, it's like a rejection also of like those heteronormative endings that you see in a lot of, of those classic film noir as well, where if, you know, usually if he doesn't end up with the pure or wonderful woman, like if he's in love with the dangerous evil woman, then she has to die or he has to die. Which, and like some of those movies are very good. Oh, they're like great. Indemnity is very good, but, you know, it's very much a traditional kind of take on that kind of thing yeah i mean and especially like especially the nice guys there's no i i feel like what you would expect from that movie is for them to end up pursuing the same woman Mm -hmm. in and Mm -hmm. and it's almost just like this movie kind of looked at that and went man we don't fucking need that we just don't have time for that like i don't We need to beat up Ryan Gosling some more. <laughs> we're it, we're busy beating the shit out of Ryan Gosling, um, which was that was my priority. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. It's always my priority. Hey, you know what else does this? Hot fuzz. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's why we there. Hey, that's your. This is your unusual double feature breaking in in the middle of this. Fucking watch Hot Fuzz and the Nice Guys, or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yes. Any combination of the three of those movies. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There's also something that they do differently with that kind of relationship where all of these people, like in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the three of them were all in like, you know, it depends on the script, like that Robert Downey Jr. was in his early 40s when he was doing this, but like 30s, 40, 30s or something was supposed to be in their 30s mm-hmm. and like significantly like very much over and uh their collective dreams and ambitions. Hermione, uh, Harmony is um, and someone who came to LA to be an actress to escape a lot of um, tr- trauma. Yeah, childhood abuse and family. trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harry is a fuck up. He's a petty thief. Petty thief. And Perry is just you know Perry. And <laughs> Perry is um, like stuck in kind of a. 
I think not necessarily super fulfilling career that he's very good at, but like everybody is always calling him fucking gay Perry, and like he's stuck and with no, a bunch yeah. of people yeah. who are like shallow and him. yeah, like, people who don't understand cruel. him, and, and and people who don't take him seriously. And I think one of the mm-hmm. things that he finds so magnetic about Harry right off the bat is that Harry takes him very very seriously because Harry takes everyone seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry's like thinks he's a badass. Or does it take like, anybody? Okay. Like he either takes people very seriously or he doesn't take the right people seriously at all. And you're like, you yeah. dumb bitch. God damn it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so they have these three these three people with these like and then there's a, there's a reference in the movie as well to the fact that both Perry and Harry's uh fathers um were abusive to them when mm-hmm. they were children as well. Mm-hmm. So it's these three people who have experienced trauma in their life and who are have given up on their not have, not have given up but have like have fucked up in their their lives in some way. And instead of saying like, "Well, guess they have to die now," the movie says, "No, actually, these people can heal and have and it's not too late for them and either. meaningful out of it." Yeah, that's yeah. that's a big part of it. It's not too late for any of them, and they're sort of their rough edges actually make them better for one another. Like, there's not, like, one person who's a... It's not, like, a maximum of one fuck-up per relationship kind of a situation. Mm Because I feel like sometimes that's a preconception where it's like, man, like, only one of you is allowed to be a complete fucking disaster, when the reality is that, like, sometimes both of you are complete disasters... Or, you know, sometimes everybody's a disaster, but that just means that, like, you know what the other person needs, and sometimes you can be like, well, I can't whip, like, I can't whip myself into shape, but I can do it for you and you can do it for me. It's like a teamwork thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, like, especially, and, like, I'm gonna be get super gay for a second. Like, that's definitely Please. something that really resonates with me because that's what, that's been, like, my relationship with the two of you and, like, especially with Maddie. <sighs> no, it's true. Like It is! It, you, we have all, I believe, seen some of the worst of each other. Yeah, like, we've we've been there for some of the absolute lowest points in each other's lives. We met at at some of at like the lowest <laughs> yeah. point in my life, like some yeah. of the lowest points in my life. Yeah, um, me too. And like, got each other back on our feet, and like that was yeah. like you know, yeah. And I think that's part of the reason that that we all love this movie so much is because mm-hmm. it kind of takes something that is very real and very raw and for all of us and spins it into something that we can laugh at laugh at yeah, yeah. in a, in a good I think way a lot of people a lot of people are really um attracted to the movie because it is very stylish and very cool and very hip but it's also it also does have i think a good emotional core to it yeah mm-hmm. which is something that i don't think i noticed right away when i was 11 years old and watching no. it way I think- too early in my life uh, the older I got, the more I got to appreciate it for more than just kind of like fun movie, good time. The underlying kind of emotional stuff that was going on also was like, oh, I, I like, I get it now as an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, I still have it shelved in my the few. So okay, I'm about to get, I'm about to drag myself. Oh um, <laughs> boy, I, I, I have my DVD shelved by um the kind of like the kind of time I, I want to have when I watch it. So I have like, <laughs> I want to have a, 
I, I want to try this. movies shelved together. I have my movies oh. where I want to like just have a I laugh, you. you know, and then <laughs> I have my movies when I just like want to have a warm hug in a movie form, and then I have my movies that are like I just want to watch when I have when I want to have a good time and have fun. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is still very much shelved as a want to have fun movie. Yeah, even though it does resonate in that way for me. So. Yeah, it's a it's a good middle ground between like a. F- I don't want to say feel good. It makes me feel good, but it's not yeah. a feel good movie. <laughs> no, you know? it, it is yeah. in, in, a, in a very it, it is a feel good movie in a very offbeat kind of slightly morbid way. Yeah, well, that's yeah. right. That's like when you when you told your dad that in Bruges you thought that in Bruges was life affirming, which I completely agree with. And your dad was, and I told that to my dad, and I was like, yeah, and he was like, what? I would say I was actually thinking about like life affirming movies when we were talking about them forever ago. Um, And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I feel like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang also can kind of fall into that slot. Yeah. In in a in a weird way. Like it doesn't not as much as the other ones, obviously, but like a little bit. Not in like I wanted to die and now I don't want to. It's like a I can, I'm a fuck up and like being a fuck up is like that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll get better. It's it's life affirming in the yeah. sense of it's not necessarily so much because I feel like like in Bruges and some of those other movies we talked about are life affirming in the sense that they are survival affirming. Mm-hmm. This is more of a okay survival checked off but that's all you've been doing now it's like an affir- it's affirming of moving living. for of living yeah of right of not sort just of, surviving but like living. yeah of sort of saying like hey okay fine i'm a fuck up cool where do i go from there mm-hmm. you know and and what happens when i am willing to admit to other people that i am a fuck up and the answer is actually they are also a fuck up and they will love me anyway yeah. They will, however, roast yeah. me mercilessly. I mean, they will love me every anyway, <laughs> and also roast me mercilessly at every possible opportunity, which is the best kind of friendship. Any questions? Hesitate to call. I I just every single <laughs> fucking book in one day. Wow, <laughs> Badly's an I, adverb. Who taught you grammar? Get, get out, vanish. Get out, vanish. <laughs> I'll give you a buzz. Die. <laughs> I was thinking during work all day today, just the like very specific gif in my head of Robert Downey Jr. being like, people kissing people. <laughs> oh, that's such a good scene. I'm try- I've been this whole time I've been trying to remember God. how I found this movie, and I I genuinely think people that I think what happened was because I think I I think Iron Man had I think I had already seen Iron Man like I think I watched this after Iron Man came out, but I think I liked Iron Man and then I think I just went on a Robert Downey Jr. kick because I'm pretty sure I watched oh, Chaplin, <laughs> and then <sighs> I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then I tried to watch this incredibly weird adaptation of a Philip K. Dick novel called A Scanner Darkly. Oh, yeah. Which is rotoscoped. Oh, yeah. cool. And hey, it, hey, guess what? You know who's in that movie? Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I started, and this is, so this is Our for Lord context, <laughs> listeners. I spent a lot of time 
my parent like the house that I grew up in had a basement there was another like tv and dvd player there was like it didn't get cable but there was like or maybe it did I don't remember there was an additional dvd player and tv and that was where the computer was was in the basement do not ask me why my parents thought this was a good Uh, idea the computer room yeah which was the (laughs) basement so like (laughs) I could just hide in the basement for hours and so what i would i just started checking dvds out of the library and watching them in the basement and i could watch whatever i wanted because this was after my and then eventually my parents banned me from picking the netflix film (laughs) because yeah um Um, we'll see what happened what happened to me is i also went through a robert denny jr uh, (coughs) phase um, As I recall so well, like being uh, really watching just Kiss Kiss Bang Bang over and over God, again. So many times did we fair. watch that movie? Finding Finding Heart and Souls on Comcast on demand, which I also watched a really obscene. You watched that times. a lot. I only saw that like the once or twice. But is that the one where? Especially... Hang on. He... This is one of his yep. early ones. Oh, okay, different. Well, one. it was it was like middle. It it was in the eighties. No, no, I'm sorry. It was in it was in the early nineties. I'm sorry. It's the one where, as a kid, he had five uh like uh guardians mm-hmm. who were the ghosts of people who had just died in a bus bus crash, and they had to find a way to um channel their like new uh guardian oh that movie i've never i've never actually seen it but i know what it is fulfill their purpose 1993 he looks like a fetus oh god he really he really looks like a fetus he looks yeah he no he is baby for sure he is baby it was 1993 so he was i don't know how old was he what a weird coincidence because there's also a point where he's like everything in, in kiss kiss bang bang where he's like everything happens for a reason like because I die, like, all these people in Baltimore get to live. Ah! Like, the bus crash in Baltimore or something. Like Yeah. Yeah. He was 28 when he did Heart and Soul. So he was, um, that's, that's, that's creepy. Fucking It has, fetus. like, a really good cast, Yeah, it has a, I'm, I'm on the IMDP page. This is ridiculous. Charles Grodin. I wouldn't mind Grodin seeing it again. It's been a very, very long time. I mean, it's not a good movie. I mean, that's quote. fine. But I just watch you know, bad movies all the time. There are some problematic elements of in it, but like other than that, it's a pretty fun, yeah, heartwarming, yeah, whatever. Right? Yes, you know. sorry, not yeah, whatever, but like yes, <laughs> yeah, that of course it does. Yeah, <laughs> yes, acknowledged. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna bop back to the nice guys for a second because Absolutely. I just remembered the moment on the like press tour for this movie where. One of them were like, ah, yes, hey, remember the time we realized that we're both named after birds? Because they're Russell <laughs> Crowe and Ryan the Gosling. Ryan Gosling! Yes, I remember this! I do remember this. Oh, Thank you. I love Ryan Gosling. I, oh, God. I'm sorry. This was the movie that made way. me realize he was an underappreciated Yeah, because I... So I have... I was never sold on Ryan Gosling. Part of this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm too gay to want to fuck Ryan Gosling, apparently. Yeah. Um, I fair. am like 85% a lesbian and the other 15% is like weird looking dudes, basically. Mm. And by that, I mean, it's Talos and Jaffe. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> not that Talos and Jaffe is particularly weird looking, but he's not conventionally attractive. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's like I had never, you know, this was this was sort of post all of the feminist Ryan Gosling memes and stuff, and and post mm-hmm. dr- the abomination that was Drive that I haven't actually seen. <laughs> I just want that fucking scorpion jacket. God, I want the jacket. So, so sexy. Yeah, it's incredibly that's the sexy. First thing I saw Oscar Isaac. Oh no, fucking way! Movie. Okay, that's I've legit. Never, I have never seen it. I didn't yeah, really see either. That movie. Uh, it's it's. Oh, it's yeah. oh, isn't it not? Isn't his role specifically bad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, had like a fucking memento style like yeah memory surface, <laughs> and I was like, wait, I remember. Oh wait, never it's mind. Bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was really pretty burned out on Ryan Gosling, like without mm-hmm. ever even really having seen him in anything. I've never seen The Notebook. Oh, Ezra. I know. I I I am a child. I was born in 1991. I I I I have never seen The Notebook. That's straight yeah. culture, right? There. I know, right? Yeah. I'm like somehow I just well, I also just like grew up under a rock, so you know. Look, he's very, he's very, he's it's very like good. Fine. I'm sure, I'm sure say. he's, I'm sure he's very charming. He never his performance is better than the movie. He never did yes. it for me. Like I never had any like affection or emotional connection or any kind of spark for Ryan Gosling. And then mm-hmm. I saw the nice guys, and I was like, holy fuck, Ryan Gosling's actually a good actor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. he's, uh, I'm specifically the scene of him when, uh, Healy comes into him at the bowling alley bath, comes into him. Uh-oh. <laughs> oops. Oops. Uh-oh. Oops. <laughs> oops. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> like, comes and finds him in the bowling alley bathroom, and he, like, keeps trying to open the bathroom door while he's holding a gun, and his pants are down, and he's holding a magazine over his dick, and it's, like, a fucking minute and a half long sequence where he keeps doing this. And it's such a simple bit, but it's he so he delivers special. it he has, so fucking well. He has, both of them just have such good comic timing. It's it's yeah. really just exquisite. And, like, Russell I love Crow Russell Crowe. plays Crow. a delightful straight man. Yeah. But he's, like, not a full straight man, because there's also a point where, like, they find the body of the, like, the, the, next to the tree, and <laughs> Russell Crowe comes stumbling out, and he's like, okay, we're gonna throw up, and then we're gonna throw this body over the fence, and then both of them just kind of turn away, and then the scene just abruptly cuts. <laughs> God, it's so good. God, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at all these nice guy fo- gift sets and just like, ugh, I miss this movie. Oh. Uh, I still, so I I don't know if we said it in the episode yet, but I have said, I think His Kiss Bang Bang is, is better. Nice Guys has some, like, it's a little bit more disjointed, I feel like. Like, it has a plot, yeah. but the plot isn't as, like, interesting, I guess. Though it is about how Detroit is, like, like the car industry and capitalism is evil. And you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. it's not quite as tightly plotted no. as, as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He also, Ryan Gosling's character keeps making, like, Hitler references. And it, it like, hits kind of weird. Like, three or four times really he funny. keeps... The one at the end is relatively funny. If only because, like... The the lawyer later is like, what is he doing? And Russell Crowe just leans over and he's like, I believe he's making a comparison between you and Adolf Hitler. And then Ryan Gosling <laughs> just kind of nods and they both look away. Yep. 
But no, it, I like. I'm glad I rewatched it because I was like, no, I did enjoy this movie. Like, this movie is still very funny. Um, yeah. And it like the the chemistry between the Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and the the gal who plays Ryan Gosling's daughter just delightful. Um, oh, it's calls, so good. She calls Russell Crowe Mr. Healy the entire time. And there's a point where he's like going to strangle and kill Matt Bober. And she appears in the window and she's like, if you kill him, I'm never talking to you ever again. And he just stops and looks at Matt Bober and he's like, a 13 year old, you owe your life to a 13 year old girl. And then just like knocks him out. Cause like he yeah. likes this kid so much that he's like, I'm not going to kill ever again. Despite the fact that it's basically <laughs> my job. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Cause it's, it's, there's just this like funny undertone of it's almost like I'm trying to get to know my new stepdaughter, but also mm -hmm. sometimes she likes me better than her actual dad. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's a little bit kind of because he meets her right after he beats the shit out of <laughs> Holland. Um, yeah. and she offers him a yoo-hoo and he gets just fucking amped about this yoo-hoo. So it kind of feels like he he grows to care about her first and like through her begrudgingly is like I'll put up with the dad I guess and yeah. then falls in love with the dad cuz he likes this kid so much. Yeah. It's like it's great watching those relationships develop and also watching Holly and Holland who are like two people grieving over the loss of like a shared family member. And there's something uh really nice that they do with that as well that's like I mean, Holland is a fuck-up in his own special way, but there, there, there's that scene at the beginning, I'm sure you know what I'm going to say, about like how the first time we see him, um, he wakes up in a bathtub, like, hungover, and he's, like, written on his hand or something that oh, it's, you will never it's be happy. birthday. No. You will never be happy, and then um, there's another reminder he gets a call. about how it's Yeah, he gets a birthday. call from her that it's, his, it's her right. birthday, yeah. And um, you're kind of expecting, due to like the the kind of traditional like deadbeat dad setup in a lot of the a lot of movies, that like he's going to be, you know, oh, you you forgot my birthday, and he doesn't plan anything, and he forgot about it. But then later in the movie, he's planned a birthday at a bowling alley for her with all of her friends. Like he didn't forget, and he still made time for her, even though he's a total fuck up. Yeah, like he is definitely trying. It's not like he's like he's a fuck up, and he's like I'm always going to be a fuck up. He like is is very much trying for her he just can't figure out how to do better and there is definitely a point where she's like you're a fuck up detective you're a fuck up dad like i hate you um and he's like well yeah <laughs> um and then he pulls up some like good detective work right out of his ass and he and healy leave and you could see her like smiling to herself in very much like oh like that's like my dad like, and she's, like, really secretly kind of proud and also very, like, happy. And it's really, it's really sweet. Because she's slightly better at solving mysteries than him. Oh, so yeah, she's absolutely. Really happy she's a detective. But, like, he starts doing the detectiving shit and she's, like, kind of bowled over and, like, oh, whoa. Like, that's, yeah. It's, they have a lot of very sweet yeah. moments. There's also, I forgot that, um, because this is such a little thing, but at the beginning he writes, like, you will never be happy on his hand. And you're like, that's fucking sad. And then at the end when he's, like, clutching the film reel and leaning against the car and, like, they've won, 
um, he looks down at his hand, and because the never is right in between, like, his pointer finger and his thumb, it's gotten worn away from all the, like, the action. So it says, you will be happy. Yeah. Um, and Aww. it's, and he just, like, fucking, like, zones right out and is, like, just starts smoking and, like, smiling to himself. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> That's another one where it's like, I'm a fuck up, but like people love me anyway. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. There's That's that's the plot of Iron Man 3 too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, it's it's like it's it's i I'm I'm being a fuck up is not incompatible with growing and changing and being loved. Mm-hmm. Which, like, sometimes we all need to hear that, and, like, I've needed to hear that a lot in my life. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. You know? Hey, you know, what there's not enough of is fucking fan fiction for either of these movies. Please, for the love of God, <sighs> can more people True. watch these and write me more Nice Guys fan fiction and also Kiss his Bang Bang fic? Because, as we said, Hold just on. like Harry Lockhart... I never finish anything I started. So. <laughs> yeah. I have ideas for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Fic, but I don't have the time to write it right now. So You should tell me about them time. because I'm terrible at making up plots, but I might be able to, like, bang something out for you. So, uh, bang. <laughs> so, um, this is something that we did in the in our, like, pilot episode, the never-been-aired pilot episode. That was the, like, the fanfic check. Yep. We're so, doing the on. fanfic check. Oh, yeah, so there? I'm going okay. on Archive of Our Own. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 2005, you. has um, 145 works. This is, oh boy, this one is a bunch of, like, crossover shit. I hate it. This one's... I hate it over- oh, God, I see it. Ugh. Lot of stuff in Russian. Like, a lot of stuff okay. in Russian. I, hey, nobody here, uh, obviously, I'm presuming no one listening to this podcast is part of Russian language fandom, I'm just saying, I swear to God I will pay someone to translate Russian language fanfiction because there's so many tiny little fandoms and, like, half of the fic is in Russian and the tags are all, like, the kind of stuff that I'm super into. Yeah, the shit that I want to read. The PBS Wallander show is, like, (gasps) more than 50% of the tag is in Russian and the tags on it are just, like, tantalizing. And I'm like... Fuck, I, I swear to God I'm going to learn how to speak Russian for the express purpose of reading fanfic. <laughs> so you know this bitch is opening up some stuff in uh, some tabs to share later. Um, okay, good. So that's what Thank it you. is. Is It looks like most of it is, like, it's Harry Perry. Like, duh. Unsurprising. Is there any... And then um, a lot of it is in Russian. I gotta, I gotta know, is there any OT3 stuff? There's Let a couple. Me... I've, I've come across some. There's a big. Let me... Looks like relationships. there's. Yeah, I'm filtering by there's relationships. Seven. <sighs> Which is like, Harry has two hands. <laughs> yeah. You you dumb assholes. He has two hands. Okay. Polyamory exists. Yeah. Let's look at let's look at nice guys. Um. Oh, I had something else I was gonna say. Oh, so this is a a theory that we came up with right after we saw nice guys because the detective in fucking <laughs> nice guys that's named Perry. Did we decide that he's Perry's uncle that he's named after? Yes. Yeah. yeah so. And like he so he grows up with his like his de- uncle Perry 
and then like the two like gay private eyes um, <laughs> that Perry looks up to. <sighs> yep. Okay, so Nice Guys has 113. Okay. That's not, not too shabby. I mean, no shock as to the, the main pairing, like, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mostly in English, actually. Oh, nice. One of these tags is just, just guys being dads. That is... I love it. Hold on, this one is a slight gladiator crossover? Ah! Hold on! <laughs> Where Jackson nice. Healy is also the gladiator? Yeah, I'm into it. Some time travel. I appreciate it. (laughs) I appreciate it. It's uncompleted and it has 895 words in one of the three chapters. I can't do this to myself. No, don't don't do that to yourself. I, okay, I just gotta say. Are four of those words, are you not entertained? Oh my god. (laughs) I hope so. So, (laughs) I would like you to know that I took one for the team and went on fanfiction.net looking for so there are an additional 40 works in kiss kiss bang bang Um, oh god fuck me running i know and (laughs) i'm (sighs) this one is such a disappointment god i just this is this is uh this is interesting hey shout out to the one fic in um indonesian from 2012 Hell yeah. That's badass. So real quick before we... (laughs) Oh boy, indeed. Uh, Before we wrap up, I just want to do... I think one of the times we talked about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we did kind of a like, here's things you should watch out for. Um, Yeah. I would would not mind doing that again. Um, For both of them, just because there's some stuff I think is worth... Specifically, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has mentions of like, uh, childhood abuse and like childhood sexual abuse specifically yeah. it's kind of a it's not a full subplot but it's it is part of the plot and it is mentioned you never really see it on screen it's definitely present yes so that is something to be aware of it's gory um, not like yeah. extremely gory but like you know no, there's violence it's not horror movie gory but no. it definitely it's like action is movie gory. it's action movie gory there's there's a yeah. fair amount of violence there's dead bodies there's mm-hmm. it's a noir you know people are, yeah. are dying and people die yeah. um nice guys literally starts with like a sex worker like dying in a car crash and she's naked and bloody and you like full on see her titties <laughs> yeah which surprised me i was like oh that happened <laughs> yeah i had kind of forgotten about that and then um, like one of the main characters like drinks a, a lot yeah um, i think it is they don't ever like explicitly say like you're an alcoholic but like, no but he definitely he has is. an unhealthy he's an alcoholic he has an unhealthy relationship with alcohol yes I'm trying to think about whether any there's anything else that's in general, I would just say I always recommend the doesthedogdie.com. You can look up yeah. movies and it gives a bunch of different trigger warnings of things to look out for. Those are just the ones that I know like I like to be warned for. Yeah. There's not I There th- you there, go. There might be there's there's um suicide in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they definitely needs a content warning for uh, you don't see anyone. You don't see commi- it committed. Yeah, right. but there's definitely you see the aftermath of suicide in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's the ones that I can, but yeah, definitely hop on Does the Dog Die if you're, if you have any concerns about anything, because they are movies that do contain content that some people may find to be not something they want to engage with. Mm-hmm. I'm flipping through it right now. <laughs> oh, cool. Good for, okay, oh, awesome. Sorry. No, that's totally true. No, I forgot about something that happened. Oh. <laughs> Which, like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I... <laughs> Sorry. No, I'll yeah. talk about it off air. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we really... It, it's it's funny. This movie literally came out in 2005, and we still don't want to have so many specifics because the mystery is so well done. It's but so also, good. it It's not... What you can watch in a million, it has so much rewatch value. Yeah, like both of us have seen this movie ten gazillion times. Yeah, and it's still it's so good every time. I'm really excited to watch it after. We I I'm, I'm like, like I swear to God, it's like it's 10 p.m. and I'm like, mm, I have work at seven, but what if I just stayed up and watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? And it's like, no, I'm like hitting no, myself a with idea. a rolled up newspaper. Like, don't fucking do it. <laughs> right. We'll do it again soon. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really worth it. Like, be careful. Take care of yourself. I think that comes yeah. with like, that's the sticker slapped on every movie wreck we do. Yeah. But it's good. It's real good. It is. It has a lot both to Both of them offer. are real good. They're both great. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang specifically. But Nice Guys is like also just like, just a fucking good time. Yeah. It's so, you know, thanks Shane Black. I don't have any opinions about Lethal Weapon, but <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess you did those. Apparently yeah. he did something with the Predator movie. Helena was like, he's in the doghouse. And I was like, I don't know what he did, but he Yeah, did I'm 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 sure she'll tell she'll tweet about it. We'll be like, Helena, you have to tweet about whatever you're like why you're irked with Shane Black over the Predator movie. Yeah, I'm asking, I'm asking, oh, he directed the 2018 one. Okay, I'm, I... I'm looking it up on the Googles. Alright, because I know l- literally nothing about, I. the only thing I know about the Predator movie is that I think I saw a picture of it, and I was like, hmm, that reminds me of something, and it's the fucking, like, Wraith from Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> Oh, that's the, there we go. That was when we talked earlier about stuff that we've seen. I am making my way through Stargate Atlantis with, um, not as online friend of the podcast, Lindia. Um, like the old school way. Like we go over to each other's apartments and like make food and watch her DVDs of Stargate Atlantis. And you know what? It's fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I haven't. And I'm not, like, I'm not really reading, I'm not, like, looking for fic of it or anything. Like, I'm not engaging in the, I'm, like, sort of, like, not, I'm experimenting with, like, watching something and not doing fandom for it. And it's actually Mm kind of fun, because Lindy is, like, she's, she's been in fandom, she reads fan fiction, like, she, we can, like, joke about stuff, but it hasn't been as, like, an overwhelming a chunk of her life as it has been for mine. And it's kind of nice. And also, like, Scargate Atlantis aired in like the early 2000s like if there yeah. was like discourse and shit it is it died it's in the live journal purges <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so it's I kind of say, fun to be like free of that yeah I've been as someone who's like recently stumbled into like John Wick and uh, Constantine obviously there's like fucking nothing for Constantine and that's kind of nice actually yeah and so John Wick God, I and love that Preacher movie. 
um like you know not a lot of stuff there but like little fandoms i'm like checking those tags and like reading my way through it and i'm like honestly kind of burned out on it like i'm doing it because i want to engage in that stuff but i'm also like what if i just fucking didn't yeah i'm thinking i might just like not and just kind of enjoy it for what it is and that's kind of a weird concept as someone who's i know know, so like that's a large portion of like what i'm reading these days yeah like so pretty much every media that i've engaged with in the last like 15 years Mm-hmm. I have immediately gone looking for a, some kind of fan content response mm-hmm. to it, whether mm-hmm. out of frustration with canon or just wanting more and there not being any more. Like, those are sort of the twin impulses. And it is, it's mm-hmm. it's weird to just be like, you know, because, like, I, there's plenty of things that I do seek out fanfiction for. Like, we, I don't even want to talk about the number of times a day I refresh the Critical Role fic tag. <laughs> but, I love you. I know. I love you, too. It's bad. I'm just, and a lot, because a lot of it, I'm like, people are like, oh, like, what do you actually, like, ship? I'm like, I don't have any shipping, like, preferences here. I will just read anything because I'm hungry. <laughs> It's like the it's like the the literary equivalent of like just snacking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just popcorn. It's just kind of yeah, like I'm just, just it's just popcorn. I'm just munching on yeah. it because it's what I'm it's what I'm thinking about. So I may as well anyway. read fan fiction. Yeah, yeah it's like I'm yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. it anyway. So I may as well read fic for it. But it's nice to remind myself that I can like things in a way that's kind of just me or just me and the person i'm sitting next to watching it with like i don't have to have that be augmented by online fandom if i don't want to which makes it easier for me to sort of put the kibosh on like fandoms that are getting to be negatively affecting my enjoyment of the source material which is what happened with the marvel cinematic universe where i finally had to just be like i was like "Mm, never mind I need all of you to fuck off. Yeah, it's easy to get burned out if yeah. you're not careful. Like, you're yeah. just like, there's just so much uh, information coming in. And it's like, I don't really, I'm not having fun anymore. This is an obligation and that fucking reeks. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And it's, it's, it's interesting. <sighs> I've had to take a break from some stuff on and off, like, uh, like, Taz, like there was just so much mm-hmm. of it on my dash, oh, and I oh love god, that I can't show. even imagine. I know, babe. Um, I love that. Oh show. no, I just I was I was adjacent to the Taz explosion, like without oh, yeah. meaning to. I was trying to get away from it, and I still had a deluge. Like I can't even imagine how much As someone you were who seeing. was there on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like um, holy shit. I finally listened to the end of the first season a few months ago, and I had avoided it because I was so done. And I think I'm hitting that point again. Mm-hmm. Um, a part of it is because I came across a bunch of untagged spoilers about the new episode, and I was like, well, fuck me, I guess. Um, but I'm also like, I think I just want to take a break for a little bit, just because, like, it's just so... It's um, so much, again. And uh, I don't know. I'm glad that, like... I'm glad this is a safe space where I can say stuff like that and people aren't going to be, like, judgy about it, you know? Like, it's like, cool, yeah, man, you do you. Sometimes you just gotta, like, take a break from the stuff you love and come back. I did that with Fall Out Boy, too, actually. 
where mm-hmm. I, li- I listened to so much of it and like weirdly enough i saw a lot of it on my dash and i was like i'm fucking sick of fall Out boy right now oh wild interesting yeah it was it was very weird i don't know why there was so much of it on my dash but i was like i just don't like this is too much information yeah sometimes you just gotta do that to like yeah. get back into things you love again yeah it's it's and then and then when you do come back you're like oh yeah i sort of I, it gives you a chance to like r- remember why you love something so much Right. I had a very fast turnaround for Marvel on that, where, like, I was watching it with my parents, and then we did, like, the month of Marvel, and I'm like, oh, I love Marvel, and now I'm like, don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, do you want to watch Infinity War? And I was, I need to text it back, actually, but I was like, no, do not want to watch another Marvel yeah, no. movie for a while. Have seen many of them, have talked about them for a long time. <laughs> Am done. Good I night. think... I might, I I had a longer, like, I took a much longer break from Marvel than you did, and I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I was like, mm, maybe I'll watch Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might, but, like, I keep being like, oh, I should watch that, but, like, and this has also been interesting because there was such a big, long chunk of, like, the last several years, I've just, I've consumed a lot of media because... Even, like, like first, it was, like, you know, when, like, we were living together and we lived in Portland, we just didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. So we didn't mm-hmm. go out because we were depressed and broke. And so it was yeah. either we were we didn't want to go anywhere because we were depressed or we didn't want to go anywhere because we didn't have any money. Yeah, we watched a lot of YouTube. <laughs> we, watched a lot of, we watched a lot of movies. We watched a lot of YouTube videos. We watched a lot of TV. We, we, we consumed a lot of media because we weren't going places and doing activities that we would have to pay for you know we could afford to rent a dvd um but then and then i moved up to bellingham and i moved away from all of my friends and like i made friends sort of but it wasn't people i was hanging out with all the time so i just had a lot of free time um to spend a lot of time on the phone with people in Portland and watch a lot of TV, watch a lot of YouTube videos, watch a lot of all of this stuff, download hundreds of hours of Critical Role directly into my cerebral cortex. <laughs> um, but then I, like, I may, I started playing games at the, like, playing D&D at the local game store where I made a bunch of friends and we play at the game store. We play home games. I have long distance home games. Like I like to joke that like 60% of my social life is Dungeons and Dragons right now. And it is, which means that Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm offline. Like it's very anal. It's like actually fairly analog. Like I don't even really keep my i don't i like look stuff up i'm like i have the page numbers for the spells that i'm using written down so i can look them up in my physical player's handbook it's wild (laughs) um and it's just this sort of i have this ever-growing list of things that i've been meaning to watch but I have so many other things that I can choose to do with my time because I have, like, both friends and disposable income right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's sort of, this is, like, the first time in my life that I've had both of those things at the same time. Yeah. And it's amazing how much less I rely on 
the internet and like on on online communities and um fandom basically like it's something that i still derive a lot of joy from but i'm not so not dependent on it but it's it's just like it's not my only source of entertainment yeah it's not my only source of entertainment and therefore i'm not as invested in the ups and downs of it because i have other substitutes like if fandom is bad I can go somewhere else. I don't get frustrated because it's not giving me what I want. Right. I can just fuck off and yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah. I can just, I can, I can go, I have other opportunities. Which is just like, it's kind of wild to think about how, I mean, because like I've been reading fan fiction consistently since I was like 14. Mm-hmm. For me, I was like 11 or 12. Like, yeah. Like, I'm 27. Like, that's half of my fucking life. Yeah, I've been doing online fandom for yeah. for a very fucking long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, and like, I was lurking in online fandom before I really understood, like, before I was, like, consistently reading fanfiction. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have it. It's like, it's a resource, but it's not the only game in town for me now. Yeah, which is like kind of it's nice. It's it is. It feels It feels good. very freeing. Yeah. It is. It, it does feels a little feel bit healthier, freeing. you know? Yeah. That like I get it just be like I'm just not going to be fucking online right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I just I abandoned my Tumblr not even really on purpose. Just the mobile app basically stopped working on my phone and then all of a sudden I was just like, "Okay, I have other things I can do." Right. I'm and and so yeah, it it does feel like a much healthier relationship and I feel like my sort of my stim my my like stimuli options are a lot more varied now. Yeah. I'm going Just out kinda, a lot more. And yeah. like god, that makes it makes a lot of difference. Yeah. When you're when you like have like I mean separate from like I have money, I have friends, you know, but like yeah. mental illness, it's like I hmm how deep do I want to go? I'll go a little bit deep. I used to not be able to go outside. I like, yeah. you remember, I had yeah. agoraphobia. Like, I yeah, couldn't go absolutely. outside. And now I, like, can. And yeah. God, that makes such a fucking so difference glad. for all kinds of things. Like, not having to have my whole world be being online, capital B, capital O, being online. Yeah. That sentence got kind of, I got, uh, there were a bunch of thoughts there that got kind of mixed up. But, like, you know what I mean. I do, yeah. I, I absolutely do. And it's so, I'm so happy that that's changed because it's, yeah. It's, it feels it's just, good, man. It does. It feels really good. And, like, this is kind of, like, I'm, I am, in fact, a fuck up. I'm, like, I'm still kind of a fuck up. Who Absolutely. is in the yeah? Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely kind of a fuck up, but I'm a fuck up who's learning to make it work anyway. Yeah, learning learning how to to be happy and like yeah. I know every time someone's like you just have to pick being happy. It's not that easy, but like no, it's really not learning how to figure out how to get there or yeah. remind myself that you'll get back there. Yeah. And then, and, like, people love you. Not to get back to the, the like, movie, but, like... I know, right? <laughs> I'm a fuck-up, I fucked up, and, like, people love me anyway. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. Kicks ass, man. <laughs> yeah, it does. And like it's it's so that's sort of if you're looking for a movie that will make you laugh but also remind you of those things, hit up Shane Black. He's got he's got what you need. <laughs> he's got at least two of them. He's yeah. got at least three of them. And he's those got... are the only three we care about. I know, right? And I'm like, it's like, oh hey, who's one of your favorite screenwriters? Shane Black. How many Shane Black movies have you seen? Fewer than half. <laughs> Only three, and those are the only three that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the rest of the shit, probably. Yeah. I should probably watch Lethal Weapon eventually, just because I yeah, like maybe. cop movies. Sort of. Yeah. I don't really, yeah, well, I don't you know, know. I fucking hate cops, but like, I, they... Yeah, all cops are Cop bastards. movies are a very weird, specific, like, genre, like, flavor of movie yeah. that fits into the male intimacy thing and I'm like yeah. I'm just fucking starving so I know right it's it's just like ugh this is I'm like mildly allergic to this but I'm gonna eat it anyway cause I'm hungry yeah <laughs> it's like Helena no. and avocados it's the potato sweats yeah the about the person who got potato sweats they just <laughs> thought that's what potatoes were fucking like yeah. that's me and cop movies yeah oh god Helena's not here, so I can drag her for being mildly allergic to avocados and eating them anyway. And eating them anyway, like a dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Helena. We love you, Helena. Oh, boy. So, <sighs> I think Man. we should call it a night. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is... <laughs> so, <laughs> we, love, we love you, Helena. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for, like, the listening to the past 20 minutes of us just kind of, like, thinking about be alive and shit yeah <laughs> that's what steeple's all about baby is it's true we talk about movies and then every so often we just get very emotionally honest with each other it's true and that's love anyway so <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us here on steeple about the movies from the infinity break network uh check out infinitybreak.net for more awesome content come hit us up on twitter at people underscore snake or shoot us an email at steeple at the movies at gmail.com you can also find infinity bake infinity break that's the network at uh patreon.com forward slash infinity break um you can find like sneeple extra content there you find extra content for a bunch of our other shows i'm on one of them now and z and i are going to be on one that's coming out later this year um so if you like tabletop keep your fucking eyes open shit's coming our amazing music was done by johnny ronaldo who you can find at johnny ronaldo on twitter our uh, delightful logo was done by Bethany Luthold. You can find her at bethanyluthold.wixsite.com. If you got a subject you want to hear us talk about, a movie you think we absolutely need to see, or you have a hidden stash of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang fix somewhere, come say hello. Uh, also, if you can, please your review on iTunes and share the show with any friends or family you think would like it. This is episode 10, so we're like kind of getting some momentum going, but we're still pretty early on in the process, so anything you can do to help us uh, is is really nice, and we appreciate you. So, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the movies. And all you good people in the Midwest, sorry we said fuck so much. (laughs) Fuck. Such a good fucking line. (laughs) 